Hello and welcome to the Depression and Suicide Podcast. My name is Shayan Hayambashi and today I am really going to talk about depression and suicide with Masoud Zadeh. Delighted to be here. So, yeah, the other day I was uh, just wandering around in the internet and uh, I saw this article uh, about depression and suicide. It was really overwhelming what I read. So it said over 7,000 people die due to suicide every year. Because actually, suicide is the fourth leading cause of death in 15 to 29 year olds. And also, it said about depression that it is a common illness uh, worldwide, with an estimated 3.8% of the population affected, including 5% among adults and 5.7% among adults older than 60 years. So. And, and it, it actually said approximately uh, 280 million people in the world have depression. In fact, if you uh, consider suicide affects all ages, it's not for uh, uh, children or uh, old people, it's for all ages. <clears throat> it's the second, second leading cause of death for people ages 10 to 34. Fourth leading cause among people ages 35 to 44. And fifth leading cause among people ages 45 to 54. Yeah, these current uh, facts and statistics really uh, worry me. And yeah, so we're going to talk about a lot of other stuff. So we have all definitely heard about uh, the risk factors and warning signs that are associated with depression and suicide. Uh, but definitely be aware when you see these things and the uh, signs because uh, those are the things that would definitely uh, trigger uh, something for people to become depressed or maybe commit suicide. So for depression, there is family history and genetics that could cause depression. Also chronic stress, history of trauma, maybe gender uh, or poor nutrition and personality traits, medication and substance use. They could all affect someone to become depressed. Uh, also, unresolved grief or loss is one of the most important factors that might uh, cause somebody to become depressed. But we are going to talk about the stages of grief uh, uh, during this podcast. Mm, the other factors that are involved here are uh, childhood experiences, such as uh, abuse, neglect, bullying, family history of suicide. <clears throat> Other things that are involved in uh, these conditions are relationship problems, such as breakup, violence, or uh, sexual violence especially, would affect a lot on uh, the chances of getting depression. Yeah, and these could actually uh, cause somebody to think about suicide or maybe even commit suicide. So, yeah, always be on the lookout. Uh, we talked about risk factors for uh, depression, but uh, what can we do about it? How can we protect ourselves? Uh, there are things that uh, one can do, uh, mainly, uh, for example, spiritual, uh, dealing with the spiritual things, talking about or thinking about the future and uh, not the past or, uh, or the difficulties that we're going through. Uh, setting goals for ourselves, uh, 
so we can think about uh, future again and also look into what we can achieve in life or uh, for uh, short term or long term and set ourselves for some ach- uh, achievement motivations yeah that that could definitely motivate somebody uh, to actually seek for a change but also like the ability to make friends and get along with others and be able to talk and having somebody uh, to talk is always going to protect us from from risk factors and everything also uh, good peer relationships and a supportive relationship with family and friends and everyone that could definitely help uh, the social needs of somebody in need uh there are some psychological stuff too like uh the emotional self-regulation and like uh learning good coping skills and problem solving skills also promoting and uh, developing optimism can help somebody and uh, also there are some biophysical stuff too like healthy diet and exercising and development these are uh really maybe underrated factors that could help somebody protect themselves from depression and suicide but these definitely have uh, significant impacts on uh, our process of changing i strongly emphasize uh, exercise that's the big uh, factor in my opinion and uh, that would help a lot not only physically but also mentally that you get uh, get you uh helps you get Uh, to get out of depression. So the ability to intervene and learning the uh, strategies of intervention has always been crucial uh, in order to help somebody that is at risk of uh, depression or suicide. But if you uh, approach people carelessly, it could have a lot of... Uh, bad consequences so it's important to learn the intervention strategies so some of these strategies are like strengthening the economic supports this is done by for example strengthening the household financial security also you could strengthen uh, the access and delivery of suicide care and also creating protective environments to reduce access to lethal means among persons at risk of suicide or maybe community-based policies to reduce excessive alcohol use. Yeah, and there are all, there are uh, a lot of other factors too. Um other strategies that we need to consider are uh, uh for example uh making people promote connectedness for uh, people um by giving them uh, access to the community uh, activities and uh uh engaging them in the community um uh, all together in the community and uh also teaching them how to cope with problems uh, by uh giving them social emotional learnings uh programs and uh, maybe helping the parents to know how to cope with this stuff or solve problems by giving them uh uh tr- trainings uh parenting skill trainings and uh fat- through family relationship programs we should also consider uh, uh identifying and supporting people that are at risk 
and for that we need to uh, train people how to uh, find uh, see uh, suicide or depression in progress how uh, how to uh, provide treatment for people that are at risk of suicide and uh, uh, we, may have, we may have to deal with also people that are going through multiple attempts at suicide. So we need to have treatment to prevent re-attempts. <clears throat> uh, the main, one of the big strategies that we have to concern, uh, to be involved with and concerned with is to uh, lessen the harms and uh, prevent future risk for people and uh, uh, what we can do for that is to uh, provide means to uh, for people or uh, close friends that can uh, report a, a situation or uh, of one person uh, whether he or she is having suicidal thoughts or not or maybe in the process of uh, committing suicide so if we, pro if we provide a safe reporting and messaging about suicide, we may be able to help lessen the harms. So the fact is that we have all heard a lot of myths and facts, mostly myths about, uh, about everything, literally, uh, and especially about depression and suicide. But one myth about depression is that people say, uh, depression is the same as being sad. But the fact is that depression can uh, be brought on feeling of sadness. But uh, really, uh, feeling down doesn't last as long as an episode of depression. <clears throat> People with depression have many other emotions uh, too, uh, other than sadness. They can feel anxious, tense, empty, experience other negative emotions. So we have to be considered uh, that it's not just sadness. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, let's talk about suicide and the myths that are associated with that. I think uh, there's one myth that says people who threaten suicide are in fact just seeking attention. Is that yeah. true? I mean, the fact is that all suicide attempts must be treated as though the person has the intent to die. But like, do not dismiss a suicide attempt as simply being an attention-gaining device because it is likely that the young person has tried to gain attention and therefore this attention is needed. So the attention they get may well save their lives. Who knows? So earlier we talked about uh, the importance of uh, going through the, all the stages of grief and how it actually could impact uh, the person at risk of suicide otherwise. So exploring the five stages of grief and loss could help you understand and put into context where you are in your own grieving process and what you feel, how you feel. And the important thing is that everyone mourns differently and you could go through many intense emotions or you could just sim simply uh, not react at all. But like both responses are valid and not uncommon. 
um, you could go back and forth from one stage to, to another. Uh, so yeah, these are the five stages. The first one is denial. Uh, denial is a common natural defense mechanism. It helps you buffer the immediate shock of the hurtful situation. It is temporary. It is a temporary response that carries you through the first wave of pain. And it is the head start for your healing journey. So, yeah. No, another stage is uh, anger. Uh, anger is actually a different form uh, that pain takes. Uh, pain from loss uh, can sometimes come through as an anger. <clears throat> uh, it may be the, the anger actually uh, is... Uh, a way of you getting you reconnected back to the world because during the denial you're actually isolating yourself from everybody and everything and by showing your anger uh, you're just coming out of that uh, uh, denial stage the next stage is bargaining you go through the process and uh, at this stage you uh, process of denial and anger and at this stage you start bargaining that if everything goes back the same old way the way it was then i would be doing this or that and so forth so you're in fact that you're uh, coping with the situation and uh, helping yourself to get out of that uh, Situ uh, that uh, grief that you're going through. Yeah, so like the fourth stage is depression and during this stage you start facing your present reality and understandably this, reali uh, this realization may lead you to feel intense sadness and despair and you might cry and uh, a lot of uh, stuff could happen. But the last uh, stage will hopefully would be acceptance. So reaching acceptance isn't necessarily about being okay with what happened, but depending on your experience, it might be understandable if you don't ever feel this way. Acceptance is just more about how you acknowledge the losses you've experienced and how you learn to live with them and how you readjust your life accordingly. The fact is that if you, as you can tell, if you reach that level of acceptance as soon as possible, the better you're going to be. Yeah. In case you get involved in this kind of situation for yourself or somebody that you know, there are some uh, resources available in the community. One of them is Folk Time, uh, which is based in Oregon City. Their phone number is 971-888-1784. And they have an office in uh, Portland with the phone number 541-485-6340. Uh, what this organization would do is, uh, is uh, be, uh, of course, it's a non-profit organization. And it's connecting individuals who share the experience of living with mental illness uh, by providing uh, peer support and community-based activities. This organization was founded in 1985 and uh, 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 they're, uh, they provide a lot of uh, cultural inclus inclusiveness. 
Yeah, so the other local community resource that we could introduce to you is Dual Diagnosis Anonymous of Oregon. Their phone number is 877-222-1332. They provide peer support groups for mental illness and substance abuse, and they are a fellowship of persons who share their experiences strengths, uh, weaknesses, feelings, fears, and hopes with one another to resolve our dual diagnosis. Uh, they've been working since 1996, and they have been uh, serving persons with severe and persistent mental health and our substance use challenges and their families in Oregon, numerous states, and worldwide. And they provide exceptional support. After all, it is really important to be aware of issues associated with depression and suicide. So one thing that I wanted to say was that openly discussing mental health in society helps break down the ice and stigma surrounding mental illness, while also reminding us that help is available and we're not struggling alone. Talking about mental health can encourage those having thoughts of suicide or dealing with severe mental illness to reach out to others for help. Uh, we actually have to consider the fact that mental health affects uh, how we think, feel, and act in our lives while we are going through the uh, day-to-day life. It also helps determine how we handle the stress, relate to others, make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from uh, childhood to uh, the time that we are getting old and ready to pass out. So we just have to emphasize on the fact that mental health, we have to deal with it properly. Yeah, I cannot agree more. But yeah, that's why it's crucial to be aware of and talk about depression and suicide as they are greatly associated with mental health anyways thank you for listening to our podcast i'm shayan Khayambashi. and i am masuzade and we hope that you have a great day thank you thank you all